will do the meditation now on the kindness of others. If you first start by adjusting your posture and checking in. So you start to pay a bit more attention to your inner life, to your body. And again with the in-breath you can slide with your attention into your body, down into your feet and your belly, your hands, your shoulders. And with the out-breath you let go of unnecessary tension, you let go of effort. The most important thing here is to have a sense of friendliness. It's like meeting a friend. And of course thoughts, they continue to arise but they become less important. And softening and opening, allowing this moment to be what it is. Then we will start this meditation on the kindness of others by going back into your life, into your childhood, when you were born and the first two years, the first three years. And allow those people who have taken care of you in these first years Allow them to appear in front of you. And that might be your parents and brothers and sisters, other family members, <coughs> friends, friends of the family. And we are not looking for perfect people here. We are just acknowledging that all the things we have learned in these first few years, like talking, walking, speak, um, putting on clothes, going to bed, going to toilet, that all these things had been taught to us. 
We couldn't do anything for ourselves. So that's maybe also a grandparent. And maybe you have fond memories of an aunt or uncle in your family. Neighbors maybe in the street where you were living. So allow these people to appear and whatever you whatever they gave to you, you translate into a smile. They look at you and they smile. And the next group of people is the group of friends. So maybe you can remember some of your childhood friends in kindergarten and school. Don't think too hard, it's just allowing some of your friends to appear. When you were a teenager, a young adult, until today. So you see your friends there with your family and whatever you received in your friendships, the joy, the support, translates into this smile and the loving gaze in the eyes of your friends. And they look at you. Maybe you have had friends for many, many years. Maybe some friends only for a few months. stay connected with your body, whole body, and then this group of people is like the sun. So they bathe you in, in their kindness, in their gifts, in their generosity. So the next uh, group of people we add is the group of our teachers, the teachers we have had in life. And again, this starts probably in kindergarten. Maybe you even remember someone there. Maybe not, but for sure there were people who taught you, who took care of you, who were concerned about you. and then throughout your life until today. So teachers in school, 
teachers in your hobbies, teachers in your job, teachers and mentors. Even teachers you have not met personally, but you have read books or you have googled things, how to do things. So imagine them to stand there with your family and your friends and all the teachers. And we also add our spiritual teachers to that. And again, this could be people we have met, but also people who just inspire us through books and videos and audios. And you include therapists and artists, philosophers. For some, it's quite a big group, this uh, teacher group. if you have read a lot of books in your life. So all the people who read, who wrote these books and the teachers of these people who wrote the books. So and you translate those gifts and those inspirations and those wisdom and the skills you have learned into that smile and the loving gaze. And you are just bathing in it like you would bathe in the sun. And then next, uh, the next group is even bigger, and that is the group of strangers who have been kind to you from the beginning. Like in the beginning, it was the nurse and the midwife. Uh, so you don't remember them, but they were there. Yeah, and then it continued like that, just in daily life. People who have been opening doors to you and greeting you and serving you in restaurants and in shops and who showed you the way, <coughs> who were considerate. So this is, because it's happening every day, there's a lot of people there. in call centers, policemen, doctors, nurses. People who deliver your mail. And you sell your and who sell you sell you the bread you eat. And Maybe you remember some exceptional acts of kindness from strangers. Particularly when you traveled, for example.
So allow your mind just to come up with some examples. So there's the, your family, the friends, your teachers, and then the strangers. And they're bathing you in their gifts. And then next, uh, the next group is the biggest group, and that is the strangers who have contributed to your life, but you have not met them personally. So that's the people who grew the food you ate, who made the clothes you wear, who built the houses where you live. So that's, uh, it, it's like a, in an unimaginable big group of people who, who, who have been contributing to your life, to their work, to their hardships. So there's the group of your family and your friends and your teachers and then the strangers you have met, and then now all the people who have contributed to your life. That's people on all the continents. get a sense that actually every person on this planet alive somehow contributed to your life. And probably it wouldn't be difficult to find a direct connection. And all these people, they are looking at you and they smile at you. And you bathe in that care and kindness which has been supporting you and feeding you and nurturing you from, from your first day until today. So now we, we do a little extra group, some, something extra on top. And that's the people who were difficult. So if it, if it does not fit, then, then you, you leave it. But maybe you can get a sense that also the people you struggled with, the people who hurt you, that somehow, somehow, that also contributed to your growth. 
So somehow they also contributed to your well-being in the long run. So maybe you can get a sense that that is also a kind of care. It was not intended by them, but it's happening. Then you let go of that, all that people, and let go of them, but breathe a little bit longer with a sense of care, with a sense of kindness, bathing you from all directions. Kind of all-pervasive, loving intelligence. And you rest with that. So this is a reflection on the kindness of others. This meditation I also have as a guided meditation on SoundCloud. It's called the kindness of others. So uh, you, even if it will take some time to put put this out, uh, you can listen to it already. And. 
I think this is also really a worthwhile meditation to do. Because um, it's so important that compassion, genuine compassion, genuine generosity, genuine sharing uh, comes from a sense of fullness. Comes from the sense does not come from a sense of wanting to have something back. But it really comes from a sense of, or oh, that there is something to give. So, before one would uh, focus on the giving part, uh, it's healthy to focus first on the on the on the care, on the kindness you have received in this life. And then you just just stay with that and see what happens. comment on this meditation or something you noticed some surprise some challenge yes mm. even even as I was I'm relating to the things I said before there are a couple of things that I um, like this to Mm-hmm. send love to and stuff or people or friends or whatever I'm, I'm having some frustration with uh, when I look at it even in, in, in the bad things or whatever what experience it is there is some kindness there is something good there is something I gain there mm-hmm. is something I can be grateful for mm-hmm. to sit above this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feeling I have. Yes. So if I look above mm-hmm. my frustration mm-hmm. towards a, mm-hmm. a certain handling or whatever, yeah. Yeah. I can see, okay. Yes. In the in the big run it's it's okay and I'm grateful for the mm-hmm. for the experience. Yeah. This yeah. way I feel. Yes. That's right. Mm. But what's most important is that I need to, 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 as you say, radiate it to myself. Mm. Because I'm not perfect either, so even my things when I'm being very hard to myself or vegetative, is the same, I have to see, okay, maybe not everything is good, but in the big run. It was a, a good intention mm-hmm. to handle maybe a bad feeling or whatever. So I, 
what I gained in it is that I don't need to be so hard on myself mm -hmm. in the long run. Mm -hmm. It's easier towards others to, to think this, but it's harder to, mm. to yeah. reflect it on myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To be forgiving towards myself. Mm. This mm. Is the, the, the mm. Yeah. And the gratitude, the gratitude towards uh, handling people, experiences that made me maybe not feel so good in the sense of good, in yeah. the human sense of good. Yeah, in the human sense. <laughs> because of it's good. an yeah. experience. It's 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 a. I gained some wisdom. I mm. gained. The, yeah. So even the bad things we have, we should be uh, grateful to experience it because we learn something. Mm. Hopefully. Mm. Hopefully, yes. But that's up to us. Huh? What we do with it. Yeah. Mm. And there's a lot of teachings in the Mahayana tradition reminding us of this, what you just said. Well, they are summarized in what is called the Lojong teaching, the attitude, to change the attitude towards what has happened. Like to see, as you, exactly as you said, it's like a, you, 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 you see it in a different way, you change your perspective. Like you're saying, yeah, I can see even with the difficult people and when I feel frustrated, there's something I learn. So in, in that moment when you say, oh, there's something I learn, you you have a different perspective on the thing and the whole thing changes. Yeah. yeah. It still remains a, a problem, or a, a, but in a way it does not remain a problem. It's, uh, it's, it's up to uh, from what angle I look yeah, at it. Yes, actually. exactly. From what angle you look at it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think you must be in a very good balance to be able to think like that. Yes. I think it was very <laughs> it's yeah. not easy to be me, no. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not natural and initially and also, also what I think it's important, it can't be done prematurely, like forcefully, like saying, oh, I should forgive now. It's something which grows naturally by reflecting on it. And, and part of that process is also to give yourself the time to, uh, to be upset, to be hurt, to be angry, to be, and to express that and, and, and to give yourself the space to have those feelings. It happens. It can happen that uh, that we try to bottle up some feelings because we think I shouldn't feel angry anymore with my mother because in the end she did her best. But she didn't. My mother fucking didn't 
do her best. She could also have done some therapy and took care of yourself. Like, just like me. And she didn't. <laughs> she was grown up. Why do I need to carry the traumas of my mother? She could have taken care of that herself. She didn't do her best. She could have done better. Yeah, so... <laughs> And if now, if I would try to be the good Buddhist and I would feel, oh, no, I shouldn't feel like this because she did her best and she's my mother and she gives me life, yeah, then I would, I would like suppress that and, and uh, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go away, it would linger there and, and my, uh, my, my kindness towards the mother would be just lip service. And I wouldn't really feel it. So it's better to take some some years to hit the cushion. You didn't do your best. You, know? you should. Why didn't you do therapy? You know? Why did you care your yeah? So like like that. And then, but then slowly, slowly, uh, the that that recognition of the gifts can arise. Even if we know that that person did the best for us, and we really truly understand that from our heart she couldn't do better, and we we really feel that in us, that doesn't exclude that we still uh, besides it. At the same time, could could be the hurt that I that was then. I got hurt then, and I carried the hurt partly mm, with yeah. me today. Yes. But there is also beside that. And a wisdom that she couldn't do better, so that yeah. we pair up in in a way, but that the the other thing of hurt will fade away with the wisdom that mm -hmm. she couldn't do better. Mm. As I couldn't do better than I'm knowing now in certain tasks. Yes, yeah, mm. that, that's that's important. What you said in the end, like also I couldn't do better. No. Yeah, well, also just now. Sometimes I can't do better because my childhood conditioning, my pain is overcoming and is covering up the best in me. Because I yeah. still cannot uh, do certain knots because, yeah. like I said before, I don't want to have hard, harsh boundaries. I, I hover up in my secret little helicopter and look at the things from mm. different angles. But there still is, without open mind, there are some clo closeness and some mm. dooming thinking mm. in certain situations about certain persons. Yes, yeah. So, so those goals... Yes. Those are there at the same time. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I feel loose and free now compared when I was really contracted mm. before and didn't have the chance to have this overview. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good enough. Yes, that's good enough, absolutely. And and it it can also mean that you keep a respectful distance distance to that person. Mm. Yeah. But also there is a, a frustration of I should be better. Why am I not better? And I have the tools. Why can I not? 
Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm re if we are like a puzzle, we are a walking puzzle, and, and some pieces of the puzzles are really forced, uh, really on place, but mm. there are also other pieces in the puzzle, in the, in the puzzle that, that are lacking. Even if I long so much that they should be there and, and create the circumstances for that, I want the puzzle whole. But then I have to expect, accept, well, well I cannot tweak them now. Yes. Mm. And uh, acknowledging that within you and being compassionate with that helps you also to acknowledge that in the other person. Hey, one more time. If I, I Acknowledging that within you and having kindness there, that it is a process of healing for you, can help you to also acknowledge that in the other person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so both of you, from your little, little secret helicopter, yeah. both of you don't need to be perfect just now. No. Both of you are imperfect. Or a, a project. Yes. Uh. And if I can have free myself with these feelings, I, I can see it in others, and I can. That's a, a, a gift to others, uh, even though they don't can um, uh, want to take the gift from me. They don't understand. It's a gift I give them, but I have to be. I respect that too, because I can see the suffering them, mm. and I can I can uh, ease that in a way if they or that person have listened, but that they don't are there to understand I'm giving a gift, then I, I have to mm. to uh, respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And if I if I am uh, forgiving and respectful to myself. I, I must be that in a way, otherwise I, I cannot give respect and understanding to, towards <coughs> others, because it always starts and ends here, mm -hmm. mm. I think. Mm. Mm. Can I comment? Mm. Even if the person or whatever you want to heal or help or, or you know, uh, is not there yet to receive it from you yeah, and, and you feel this frustration I was talking about before maybe not frustration you just feel ah, you can't uh, reach it still I would uh, it's easy to, to, to give others <laughs> because I'm not feeling this uh, always myself but feel comfortable in the knowledge that you it was a good meaning that you uh, your intention was good even if they don't get it right now you you saw a seed am i talking right mm. you yes, saw a seed uh, yeah. someday ah i'm not frustrated uh, back in times i've been really frustrated mm. and some parts of frustration but but uh, i feel freeing myself you now to respect that that person is not there and before I was frustrated, but I, I am not that any longer because I have stepped back and I feel content with stepping back. Mm. 
it could come a little, uh, so, little now and then, oh, but, but on, the, on the whole level, I feel oh, it's like it is, and it's okay. We can because I cannot force anything for someone else. Mm. But I feel you're settling with okay. Mm. He don't get it or, or she. But I want to to. What is it? Formidla. Who say you want formidla? Transmit to. To transmit is uh, for you to feel the joy in your own kindness and compassion and goodness to want. So if you are putting it out there mm. and the person will receive it somehow some sometime mm. when he, he or she is ready for it yeah. but uh, I don't make it a problem any longer yeah. if that person will get some knowledge it's not my problem so I can put it beside me mm. before I, I took it in you know like this but I, I don't any longer I let it rest things that I cannot sell, sell uh, cannot solve now, I think that I put it on a shelf for later, maybe, or not at all. Yeah, but I let it rest by itself. Yeah, this is what I mean, somehow uh, to, feel, to, to feel the joy or the contentment with that you did what, you did your part. Yeah, that I do, yeah. I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm more, more than content there, what, what is. <coughs> no, no, I am. I did my part and more. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so the the third uh, practice I wrote there in the Mahayana tradition is the practice of Tonglen, which is like uh, the other practices within the Mayana tradition, always about deconstructing the I illusion that we are separate from each other. So it is opening, like the other practices in the Mayana tradition, is opening to a sense of oneness not Buddhist talk really, to a, to a sense of how everything is mutually dependent on each other. That you are not a separate solid thing, but that you are a process which is embedded into the into the process, into the big process, into the universe. <clears throat> so in the practice of Tonglen, in order to deconstruct the sense of the solid, separate I, you do something counter instinctual to the to the instincts of the eye. So the instinct of the eye says the good things here to me, good things here <laughs> and bad things go away. Yeah. Like no the mosquitoes are flying here. <laughs> 
Go to the other people. Go to the other people. <laughs> um, so in the in the practice of Tonglen, you reverse that. So you do the, the the opposite. So you give away the good, and you take the the difficult. You call upon the wicked. Yes. Yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> 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 What's the point? <laughs> Uh, it's it's an exercise of um, diminishing the sense of me me me. What about me? And opening to the joy which comes when we take care of others, when we share. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get out of it. Yes. Like doing the practice that you put all the difficult on you. Yeah, and by that, and if when you when you when you when you t when you uh, take the difficulties on you, yeah. you diminish uh, the, the narcissistic self-centeredness, the narcissistic self-importance, mm. which is based on an illusion, mm. and and then you you give. But of course, in that giving, there's also a giving to yourself because you are part of, uh, like, uh, let's say, let's take the, 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 the example of the liver again. So what the liver would do, so the, the liver had developed the sense of I, 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 me, 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 me. What the liver does is, oh, all the poison to me because I can transform it and then I give all the good things to you because you are me and if you are healthy, if you are well then I'm also healthy and well. So the liver says which before said I am against the rest of the body because it's all about me, says no, I take all the poison onto myself and I transform it with the power of my wisdom with the power of my Buddha nature, and I give whatever is needed to the other organs. So you, you take the whole stuff, but you transform yes. it. Yes, okay. yeah. And the thing is, it's really, uh, it's so cool, because I have started to do that. I was, uh, you had to transform energies, and it's so cool. Mm. I was, uh, like, I felt a lot of love to a man who didn't love me back. And then I went home, and I transformed transform it to be created and I painted all day and all night like uh, just because I transformed the energy you transformed the, the, the this, uh, this rejection or yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you can yeah. Like, say the, the, or I felt like a rejection mm -hmm. but still like I felt the, like this teenager love yeah but I'm not a teenager anymore, so I, I transform it to creativity, yes. to paint. Yeah. So, and I was like, oh, I want to do this more, like transforming mm -hmm. elements. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Yes. 
So it's, it is actually, you can do it, it's not just an illusion, it is, no. it is possible to do it. Yes, you, it's It's only a contradiction when you when you practice self-compassion in the sense that you believe that there is self you that there is a self you want to be compassionate with. But what when you develop self-compassion, I mean it says in the word self-compassion. It it's a kind of mistaken word because of course there is no self you can be compassionate with. There's feelings, and there's experiences which you can compassionate with, but there's no, there's not a, like a self you can be compassionate with. It, it takes a while to practice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Initially, it is it is when we practice self-compassion and self-acceptance. Of course, we we do it from a from a little eye point of view. We we imagine that there is actually a self we could we could be accepting. Like when we say, "Oh, I really need to accept myself more." This myself, yeah, this I, which you want to accept more, you can't find it. That could be a, 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 b- a better way, yeah. For me, it's more, it's easier yeah. to do that. Yes, yeah. yeah. To be friend with life as to, it is. Yeah, so to and be, I and life is, life, life is your experiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> uh, it's not, um, um, you don't need to think about a lot about it, like oh, these two practices, they seem to be contradictory. Mm, like here I'm supposed to be compassionate with the self and here I take on the difficulties for myself, that's not very compassionate. Um, these are skillful means. It's, uh, so it's about doing these practices and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And even if they sound like, like, uh, the, the, even if they sound contradictory, both have the same purpose, and that is to reduce the unrealistic, narcissistic self-importance and to increase our sense of connectedness, a sense of ease, a sense of openness. And if you talk about these practices, yeah, 
I agree. Then they sound to sound to be a bit like huh? this. They they seem to be they seem to be contradictory, but they are pointing to the same kind of freedom, to the same kind of ease from through different ways. Yeah, and then the uh, the last, the Tantrayana. So as I said, the the paradigm in the Tantrayana is based on the teachings on the Buddha nature. So in the Tantrayana, it is about activating the compassion, which is already there. It's like, you know, there's a SIM card, which is symbolizing great compassion, great wisdom, and it is there, but it needs to be activated. And the way you activate it is to be pointed to it, to be, uh, yeah, to be pointed to it. They are sometimes, they, it's called the pointing out instructions. So you, you are pointed to it by someone who has recognized it. It's a, it's a bit like, let's say there is a very subtle scent in this room, like a scent of a rose. It's very subtle. And you have not noticed it yet. Yeah? And this morning I arrived and my teacher who was here, he said, hmm, do you notice the scent of the rose? And I, yeah, I have not noticed it, but yeah, right, you're right, it's here. I, now I notice it. So then this, teacher's, this teacher has pointed it out to me. So now you arrive. And during the day at one point I say, Ah, have you noticed this scent? There's a scent, there's a scent, this scent of the rose. And you are like, ah, yeah, yeah, now, now I notice it. And I think it has been here all the time, but I just, it influenced me all the time. I felt like, I felt, uh, I, f I felt a bit loving. <laughs> but I was not conscious about it. But now I am. So a bit like that. So in the practice of the pointing out instruction, nothing is given to you. It's not that you receive something, but you are pointed, you are pointed to something, your attention is pointed to something which is there all the time, which you have not seen, because it's so subtle, it's so familiar, it's there or it's, it's, it's so close that, that you oversee it. And the way it's being done, is very, it's very different. So uh, we said uh, this morning, I said that teachers like the Dalai Lama can do, that, can do that just through their presence. 
So they are just there in the room, like to make it a bit of a story. Yeah? Uh, a few years ago, I was in Australia for, as I said already, don't know why Australia comes up. And um, His Holiness the Dalai Lama gave uh, a talk. He was traveling in Australia and he gave a talk in Melbourne in a sports arena. And uh, we were going there. And I couldn't believe it. It, seems, it seemed that the whole of Melbourne was, you know, streaming into this stadium. And there were 30,000 people there. It was packed, yeah? and uh, and it was a stadium. Uh, I think a tennis stadium, so it was like very steep, yeah. And in, in the middle was the small, the small um, stage, and there was just a chair and the microphone, nothing else. So, so people arrive and settle and talk, and was like you know, sunshine, and it was a very nice day. And then His Holiness arrives. And he goes onto the stage, and there's no light show, you know, no violin orchestra or something like that. <laughs> it's still, completely, like, completely still. And I look around, and all the people are like, <gasps> and people start to cry, you know? And his holiness just is there with his little bag, with his slippers, you know? <laughs> his Indian slippers for 20 krona, and his robes, his monk's robes, and he just like does like this for th like th 30,000 people. You know, 30,000 people. And 30,000 people are like, oh. Yeah. It, it's, it, and, and that's, and, and that, that is a, that is a way from, of a holiness to point to that in us. Because what response, what, what the response we all have, or many people had in that moment, is possible because it's in us. It seems to be the holiness out there, but what is actually responding to us is our Buddha nature. And, and this is called Guru Yoga. Yeah, so it is uh, using the reflection of the Guru, temporary, for like seeing yourself and then recognizing what is in the teachings of Guru Yoga, it's called the inner guru or the secret guru. That's what you want to recognize with the mirror of the outside guru, the secret guru, the inner guru. And uh, as a practice, you would do that every day. You would call upon the, um, the presence of the, of the guru, yeah? Kamapa. Hey. Ah, yeah, there's also the Dalai Lama. The Kamapa Dalai Lama. So you would have a picture like this, depending on what speaks most to you, and and each day, and you would you would uh, 
familiarize yourself with this by actually going there when they appear. Like when they come to Europe and you go there and you get to know how it is to be in their presence. And then, and then slowly, slowly, you start to recognize that kind of presence all around you, not only when they are there, but all around you, wherever you go. Yes. I was thinking about this symbolic, uh, because it's the same if you look at uh, a dolphin that swim, jump. There's mm -hmm. something in me that yes. my playfulness is, is. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I, yeah, if I look at a kitten or. A, yes. I was thinking uh, sometimes when I see modern dance on television, I get like, oh, mm -hmm. because it's the dancer in me that's awoken. Yes. Yeah. So you have these symbols everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I was just <laughs> but, yeah. but I was thinking when you said Dalai Lama because we should have more of those symbols that makes us yeah. like going into and but it's also true what you say that we have to that that we have to be aware of those symbols which work for us and which are also connected yeah. with our culture. That is also very important. Mm -hmm. Because there are many symbols that's not maybe so good to yeah. look at. Yes, and if I would uh, now use this symbol for some people, it would not be helpful at all, yeah. because it might even have an opposite effect. Yeah. It, it would maybe contract and yeah. fear, and oh, oh, guru, that's dangerous. And for me, uh, it was like that. Yeah, and yeah. So, so when I saw a guru, I yeah, like, oh, yeah, yes, so. <laughs> yeah. So, but you could work with the dolphins and yeah. with the uh, with the dancers and, and mm. yeah. It's, it's important to value, that's why I, I like to use a Christian, Christian symbols and mm. I like to, I mean not so much in Scandinavia, but like if I go to a more Catholic country, then I like to work with uh, the, Im the image of the Virgin, for example, mm. or, or Jesus, where yeah. people have a more yeah. heartfelt, mystic connection with the Christian saints. Yeah? Yeah. To, to get to have a breather, yeah. To, you know, yes, yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> I have an example. I, I sing in church, mm. and there's an over uh, work mm. that is made with folk music, and it's called Himmel and Inom, and it will be heaven within. Yeah, and uh, it's all about uh, the heaven. You have it all in yes. yourself, yeah. and all of us have a, b a piece of heaven. Yeah. And if you uh, if you search, you'll find it. Yeah. You have to be open and take part of that. And when you hear the music, you understand that. Yeah. Because it's really good. Yeah. And that's Scandinavian music. Mm -hmm. That's. It is uh, Scandinavian yeah, music, folk yes. music. Exactly. This is uh, so important. Uh, you, you get the yes. same feeling. And, and maybe you have heard it already as a child and mm -hmm. uh, you do it together with others. It's really like Swedish culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that could be more opening in that guru yoga regard than going to a Tibetan center and singing something in Tibetan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It relates to... Yes, <laughs> it's related to your... Yeah, and this is what... This is what needs to happen, of course, with the Buddhist teachings. It needs to, it needs to um, come into our culture and become part of our culture. Yeah. And and when we uh, like 
if there will be in 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 some time if there will be Swedish tanker painter tanker painters, <coughs> it will probably look a bit different than that. Yeah? There will be similarities, of course, because there's kind of very deep archetypal uh, images in in these tankers, but it will also be a bit different. Maybe a bit more simple. No yeah. elephants. More wolves. Yeah, elephants. Yeah, more elephants, but Cows. wolves and rams and uh, I don't know. Uh, you know. Rabbits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rabbits. Yeah. 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 Meadows. Something. Uh, something. I don't know how much you feel in the south, how much you feel connected with the shamanistic uh, culture of of Sweden, of Scandinavia, no, but. Like really, like um, using those roots, yeah? not not uh, not rejecting them. Um, the the last uh, practice, uh, the deity yoga. Oh, time is up. Um, so the deity yoga. Just a f- a two three sentences about that because we did that this morning. So this morning, what we started with is the invitation to see the guru outside, yeah, the Dalai Lama, Jesus, and so on, and then to dissolve the the guru, the deity, to the to dissolve Jesus into your body, and then to radiate that out as if you are the Jesus, as if you are the Buddha, as if you are this. Being of light. The thing I was ashamed of feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but that is that is one important part of the deity yoga. What is called deity yoga. Uh-huh. So date in the deity yoga is part of that practice is that you imagine yourself to be that goddess. You imagine yourself to be that source of light and love, and with that. And by imagining it, you bring forth those qualities with, with, with which are in you, but which you have covered up through another meditation, which worked very, very well in your life, and that's the meditation on how unworthy you are. <laughs> yeah. how, 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 how things don't work out, how you are not good enough. So that's a tantric meditation. It's the deity of worthlessness. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it works. It, it's really influencing the way we look at ourselves and, and the people around us. So here in deity yoga, we come closer to who we are by imagining ourselves as already being there. So we're imagining ourselves to be at your best, to be compassionate. And you fake it until you make it. Yeah. I promise. I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Thank you. Okay. So that's it. That was the journey through the three yanas. So, 
yeah, if you want to continue to work with this a little until I come back next month, you can listen to the uh, guided meditations. Mm 